Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson, and um, I recorded the vlog that you're about to see uh, a few weeks ago. You will notice that because my hair is long. And uh, normally, I occasionally will record a vlog well in advance, um, and it'll air and nobody will be the wiser. But if you chop all your hair off in the interim, then people notice. So just letting you know uh, that I realized this vlog was recorded a little bit ago, but what happened was in the interim, we had a bunch of um, vlogs that really were time sensitive. And this vlog, I didn't want to reshoot it. I said what I needed to say. So uh, you're about to see a vlog on a long overdue topic. Today I want to talk about pregnancy and breastfeeding. This is a request that we get all the time. Um, so often we have women who are pregnant, are breastfeeding, or are considering getting pregnant coming to our website, uh, into our Facebook groups, and just asking like hey how does this work can i do this i want to do this can you help me can you support me and my team actually came to me and said susan we get this request so often on the front lines interacting uh with our folks out there that we even though we have an faq about it we think it'd be really helpful if you shot a vlog on it because that way long into the future we can refer people to this vlog um, so I know that this won't be pertinent to everybody, but I also know that it will be used long into the future. So if you've been directed to this vlog, welcome, hi, and let me tell you what I know about pregnancy and breastfeeding with Brightline Eating. The first thing is that uh, I've done it myself. I've been through it twice and I uh, have been in food recovery for 25 years and I have tons of friends who've had healthy, happy pregnancies, doing Brightline eating or a food plan um, almost identical to it. Everybody does it a little different anyway. Um, and who've breastfed their kids and so forth. And uh, I've also coached lots of people through the process. So I have a lot of experience with it. It is doable. And there are some things you should know for sure. Um, first off, out of the gate, I am not a medical professional. Uh, you can call me doctor, but that's only because I have a PhD in an academic field. My PhD is in brain and cognitive sciences, and we spent zero minutes studying uh, these sorts of aspects of pregnancy and nutrition in my graduate work. Um, so I have no formal training in this whatsoever. What I have is a lot of experience, but you really should be working with your OBGYN lockstep. Don't take anything I tell you as medical advice and really work closely with your OBGYN. I have also worked closely with lots and lots and lots of OBGYNs because I've coached a lot of women through their pregnancies in a bright line way uh, and, and had them go talk to their OBGYN and then come back to me and we would talk. And what I've typically found is that they're so grateful for their patients who wanna go through a pregnancy bright like this because um, yeah, they don't want you eating a bunch of sugar either. And they're actually uh, typically concerned and horrified by um, what they see over their careers, which is a lot of women gaining huge amounts of weight during pregnancy and then struggling mightily to take it off in the years afterwards. And uh, most doctors on the front lines are really, really concerned about people's weight and the obesity pandemic because, oh my gosh, it's, you know, 
it's just the leading risk factor for every other health problem that we know of practically, right? So um, doctors are well aware that if people can keep their weight in check, that just makes them healthier across the board in just about every way. So um, typically, uh, doctors are really happy to um, check out our food plan. They typically think it's great. They might have some suggestions. Yours might be different. So definitely check in with them. And everybody's different, right? So um, definitely talk to your doctor, listen to your doctor. Um, so first of all, pregnant, let's take them separately. Pregnancy, breastfeeding. First of all, pregnancy. Um, first trimester of pregnancy. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> It can be hard because suddenly you've got all of these, well, may, maybe not always. I mean, boy, women vary. Women vary in how pregnancy affects them. Uh, I certainly had tons of food aversions all of a sudden and like a, just a queasy stomach. I mean, they call it morning sickness, but it's really all day sickness. And um, really for the first 16, 17, 18 weeks of my pregnancy, I felt pretty miserable. Um, and what I did with my food then was I actually stopped writing it down the night before. That's actually the first time I stopped writing down my food the night before. I was five years um, consecutive squeaky clean bright lines and I uh, for the first time stopped writing down my food. And the reason I stopped writing down my food is I couldn't predict what I was going to be able to stomach the next day. And it was taking me so long standing by the fridge with my little book thinking what might I want to eat? What might I be able to tolerate tomorrow? And it just made me feel sick even thinking about it. Like thinking about food was the worst horrible thing ever. I just couldn't think about it. So um, I stopped torturing myself like that. Now, um, I was five years consecutive bright though, right? So I have coached a lot of women who feel uncomfortable about the idea of just uh, stopping that all together, what I do then is I say, uh, be sure to give yourself lots of permission. Um, and this will really be the only time in your bright line eating journey that I'll suggest this, uh, but give yourself lots of permission to swap out a different food, uh, precisely for the reason that you can't, you don't want to eat that food. Like that food feels like, um, but you could imagine eating this food, like in the same category, right? Like, oh, suddenly you can't imagine eating chicken, but you could imagine eating tofu. Like, I don't know why for some reason I developed an affinity for um, raw tofu, like just to like extra firm tofu out of the package. I could eat that um, with soy sauce on it or tomato sauce on it. And I would count the tomato sauce as my vegetable sometimes. Like that's, that's about where I was at. Anyway. Um, Feel free to swap out your foods. If you can't face peas, you know, uh, look through your fridge for something else you could tolerate. Um, and, you know, in that same way that I would count tomato sauce as a vegetable, I would eat corn if it sounded okay. Relying on those foods now, healthy, not pregnant, is not something I would typically do. Like, um, you know, eat tons of corn and tomato sauce all the time. Because uh, typically I'm thinking more about, you know, I want to eat sauteed greens and healthy, you know, cooked mushrooms and things that I know are really packing a lot of nutritional value. During the first trimester of pregnancy, I was just trying to get through the first trimester of pregnancy and not eat sugar and flour. And um, in terms of uh, meal frequency, um, three meals a day, if you're carrying one baby, a singleton, three meals a day is enough. 
um, almost always. Now you, uh, let's talk about how much food you need to eat. If uh, a, a weight loss food plan is not appropriate if you're pregnant, um, you need to be on a food plan that at first in the first trimester stabilizes your weight. So that might be, you know, uh, look at our maintenance table and I don't know how many ads that would be for you, four, five, six, seven, whatever it might be, two even, I don't know uh, how tiny you are or how fast or slow your metabolism is, but you wanna in the first trimester try to keep your weight relatively stable. Um, I suggest you find a chart that uh, talks about healthy weight gain during pregnancy and uh, how much you should have gained at each week's interval, right, uh, of your pregnancy. Um, I used that chart and I actually titrated how much food I ate to stay in lockstep with that. Now, caveat, if you're carrying multiples, if you have twins or triplets or more, if you have twins on board or multiples, um, research shows you need to gain a lot of weight, more than you think. And so everything I'm saying uh, here right now only applies to a singleton pregnancy. Um, definitely talk to your OBGYN if you're carrying twins and be prepared to gain a lot more weight than, uh, than you think. And your, your OBGYN might not know about that research, so maybe look into it a little bit yourself and then show them the studies. Um, okay, so I stopped writing down my food. Definitely give yourself permission to swap out your meals. The first trimester, you don't need to gain that much weight and you don't really need to add any food uh, beyond um, a maintenance food plan, enough food to stabilize your weight. Now, um, now we get into a little bit of like, well, what was your weight status when you got pregnant? When you got pregnant, if you were in your bright body, in a right-sized body like normal BMI, then, you know, I think the data are that you wanna be looking to gain, I'm not sure, 25 pounds or something like that during your pregnancy, 25 to 30, there's always a range, whatever it might be. Um, but if you, let's say, were obese, a BMI above 30 when you got pregnant, on the CDC website it says you only need to gain 11 to 20 pounds during your pregnancy um, and none during the first trimester. So keep that in mind, um, depending on what your weight status is at the start of your pregnancy, your OBGYN might actually say that it's fine for you in particular not to gain any weight during your pregnancy. Um, if you're starting with extreme morbid obesity, it might, it totally depends. So that's another thing I want you to check with your OBGYN about as you look at the question of like, how much weight should I gain during this pregnancy? Um, and in the second trimester, you need to add uh, probably two things in addition to a maintenance food plan. And then in the third trimester, an additional one or two things. Um, and by things, I mean look at the maintenance table and you know a thing might be a protein serving or a fat serving or a fruit serving. And frankly, I don't care which of those you add. You might wanna talk to your doctor, they might have a preference. Um, but uh, I personally during pregnancy and breastfeeding think it's fine to, um, you know, uh, be nice to yourself around like, you know, if you're craving a little bit of fat, add a fat serving, if you're craving fruit, add a fruit serving, like, you know, uh, add what you feel like eating. You're not eating sugar and flour. That's the best thing, right? And I do think that the cardinal rule for, for pregnancy and breastfeeding is no sugar, no flour. Um, and for breastfeeding, I'm sorry, for pregnancy, we're still on pregnancy, still on pregnancy. 
Another thing I want to pass on to you is something that someone said to me during my first pregnancy that was extremely helpful. Um, she'd never had a bright pregnancy, uh, but she had the experience of being a food addict who ate whatever she wanted during her pregnancies, and she'd had many of them, many pregnancies. And what she whispered in my ear one day, and I've never forgotten it, and it helped so much, was, Susan, whatever food cravings you're having for whatever it is, you know, the grilled cheese sandwich or the, you know, whatever, whatever specific food your brain is telling you, if I could just eat that food, it would take this nausea away and I would feel so much better. She said, you could go find that food and get that food and eat that food and it wouldn't help. She said, I've been pregnant so many times in my life and the truth is that when you're pregnant, your brain sends you off on some wild goose chase for some particular food. It, it tastes good to eat that food, but it doesn't help you stop feeling sick. It actually doesn't work. So you might as well just stick to your bright lines right now. You might as well just keep eating. No sugar, no flour. Just trust your food plan. You don't need to go eat that food. It doesn't help. It doesn't take away the nausea. And it was so helpful for me to hear that, so helpful. So I wanted to pass that along as well. Typically in the second trimester, the nausea goes away. And um, in the third trimester, uh, you've got other issues like, you know, back pain and all kinds of just like the baby starts to get big. Um, so I think that's it. If you want to go back to writing down your food and being more precise in the second and third trimesters, I think, I think you totally can. I think that's fine. Um, I think it's totally legit and, and ask your doctor about this to titrate what you're eating to your weight gain each week and just sort of chart it and make sure you're gaining the right amount of weight. Um, it is totally possible to stay bright all the way through a pregnancy. I've done it and I've coached so many people who've done it and I know so many people who've done it. So whatever your saboteur is telling you that you deserve to eat some sugar and flour right now, not really, as a matter of fact, I'll share some research with you that um, uh, actually it turns out that one of the biggest correlates of obesity later in life is not how obese your family is, not how your family feeds you all through your childhood, but um, how your mother ate when she was pregnant with you. Because insulin and blood glucose pass through the placenta right down to the fetus. So if you're jacking with your um, insulin and blood sugar levels up, down, up, down by eating sugar and flour, right? Um, your developing baby is getting all of those hits as well and it's already tuning their brain um, to addictive eating and to uh, lack of insulin sensitivity which leads later to diabetes and so forth so you don't want to be eating um, the way people eat out there in the world maybe the way you used to eat you want to be doing more of a bright line eating approach and eating whole real food no sugar no flour um, it really is better for your baby. Check, check with your doctor on that, but that's my understanding. Okay, now what about breastfeeding? So you give birth, now you're breastfeeding if you choose to breastfeed, um, and there's a lot of research showing that that's a very good idea. Now, I don't have a lot of experience with breastfeeding. My two, my twins medically couldn't, and then my, my third baby, Maya, um, she 
Um, she could breastfeed, but I had two three-year-olds running around and Maya was a slow feeder. And so I also had extreme back pain um, as I was trying to breastfeed Maya. And I kept getting infected milk ducts too. And it was just a nightmare. And um, so I was spending kind of all this time trying to feed Maya. Meanwhile, I had two three-year-olds who were missing me horribly. My husband had just gotten a, gotten a promotion at work. Um, and uh, I made a decision when Maya was, I think, nine days old to stop breastfeeding. So I don't have a lot of experience with breastfeeding directly. Um, and I never had great milk supply. And I don't know if that's because um, of the boundaries that I put around my food, three meals a day and weighing and measuring and so forth, or if it's just I'm someone who didn't have great milk supply anyway. Um, but they might be linked. And what I understand about breastfeeding is a few things. Um, one is if you had, and check with your doctor on this, but my understanding, or a lactation specialist, my understanding is if you've had pregnancies before, if your milk supply was phenomenal, it'll probably stay phenomenal. That, that tends to, to be consistent. Um, however, I also believe that um, not getting enough calories can be really problematic and maybe even not eating frequently enough can be really problematic. And once your milk supply goes down, my understanding is it can be hard to get it back up. So uh, with all that said, I, I'm uh, nervous to coach people about breastfeeding. I really want you to talk to an expert about this. Show them your food plan. And there's ways to modify Brightline eating um, during the breastfeeding period of time. Um, I think it's really possible to stick to no sugar, no flour. I typically have a habit of questioning any expert who tells anyone that they need to eat that they need to eat sugar or flour uh, because processed foods just aren't healthy, right? So. Um, you don't need to eat flour when you could eat rice, you know, or sweet potato. You don't need to eat sugar when you could eat an orange, right? So that's just my thinking, but you know, see what they say. Um, you can still do no sugar, no flour, and you might need to eat a lot more food, and you might need to give yourself permission to eat when you're hungry, physiologically hungry, because if because breastfeeding has intense caloric demands. Look online, talk to some experts about what kind of calories you're gonna need during breastfeeding. You might need to up your food a fair bit. And you know, the bright line eating way to up your food is look at the maintenance table and add a few more things, right? Um, and if you've had a baby, congratulations. I know it's intense. Oh my gosh, and you're making decisions, you're bleary, you're not sleeping very well. It's magical, but it's also exhausting and sometimes tragic and hard and uh, not what you expected perhaps. That was certainly my experience, not what I expected. And I'm just sending you so much love, so much love. And from a Bright Line Eating perspective, um, a few things. One is we have people in our community from all over the world, which means from every time zone. So if you're, if you're up crying in the middle of the night because you just fed your baby and put him or her back to bed and you need some support, you can call someone in Australia or the UK or you, know, you can post in the online community 
and say, hey, I'm awake. Is anyone awake? I need a call, you know? And um, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It's a way to get through. Like, lean into us. Lean into us. This is also a really great time, pregnancy or breastfeeding, to make sure you're in one of our programs and you're getting access to our coaching staff because we can coach you through a lot of tricky things. Um, in particular, sometimes when you're pregnant or breastfeeding this, and you're high on the susceptibility scale, right? And you really are just worried about the weight and the food and how precise to be. You, start to, you can start to doubt yourself about like, do I let myself off the hook for this? I want, you know, this isn't working, but I don't, I don't want to go back to a slippery slope of the free-for-all that I used to do with food. That can be a time when coaching from us can be really helpful. So if you're in one of our programs and you have access to our coaching support, um, I just recommend that, right? It's support that, that you might really need. Um, but lean into us, lean into us. And there are ways to stay committed even within a somewhat flexible structure. So for example, let's imagine you're breastfeeding. Let's imagine you've already added food, which you think is commensurate with your caloric needs, but you, you wanna prioritize your milk supply. Uh, let's imagine that that's, that's your priority. And so you wanna give yourself permission to um, eat if you're hungry, physiologically hungry. You could have a food plan structure that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you could have a roving fourth optional meal that, for example, might be a protein and a fruit. I'm just making something up. Um, something, you know, and that might be something easy that you could imagine eating. You know, you got, maybe you're breastfeeding, you got this baby, so, you know, you don't want anything complicated, but, you know, you could uh, grab an apple and two cheese sticks. That's a protein and a fruit, you know, if you're hungry uh, in the middle of the night or whatever, right? So you're gonna do breakfast, lunch, and dinner and a roving fourth meal that you could add, and it could be a fifth meal, that you could add at any time that you're physiologically hungry. And if you wanna stay even more committed around it, you could have a buddy that you text every time you, you're like, hey, I just heard my stomach growl, or I'm like, my brain is starting to feel like I'm really hungry and I, I'm gonna eat you know, um, I don't know, an orange and four ounces of chicken. I'm gonna have my, my protein and my fruit, um, whatever, right? Uh, two ounces of nuts and, and two tangerines, whatever you're gonna eat, right? Um, and you could text somebody just to stay committed, whether they're awake or not. You could find somebody that, you know, isn't bothered by a text in the middle of the night. So there's ways to keep yourself in the cushion of commitment and allow some flexibility in your bright line eating structure. Let me see if I have anything else to add. Uh, pregnancy and breastfeeding. Just it's doable. Be gentle with yourself. Bring so much compassion in, so much compassion. I love you, I support you. My team and I wanna be here for you. It is possible to do bright line eating, it really is and to really actually stay bright all the way through, it's really possible. And, you know, if that's not your experience and you've struggled and um, you're having a hard time, just remember, Resume is always available 
you can always resume. You can always get more support. You can always lean in. We're here for you. Nobody needs to be perfect around here. We are not called to be perfect in bright line eating. We're called to be unstoppable. And, you know, this is a time to really prioritize yourself and this new little life that you're bringing into the world. Life or lives, if it's multiples. So, I'm sending you my love and care. And those are my thoughts on pregnancy and breastfeeding with Bright Line Eating. I'll see you next week.